0: You're listening to the BJJ Globetrotters Pirate Radio Podcast, brought to you from St. Bart in the French West Indies. We talk jujitsu, traveling, and people who do things a bit different in life. I am your host, Christian Graugand. Welcome to the BJJ Globetrotters Pirate Radio Podcast, episode 12. Um... Here's another episode and another me <laughs> um, apologizing for how long it took uh, since the last episode, um, but I'll skip all that and just get get to it. Um, since the last episode, I have been traveling quite a bit, um, I'm just loading up my list here. Um, hmm. I've been pretty much non-stop on the road since uh, the last episode in March, and we are now at the end of August. Um, this summer has been a bit of a challenge to myself, as in, let's find out how many camps we can do in the shortest amount of time, and how, how, uh, how crazy a schedule we can actually pull off. Um, we pulled it off, uh, I would say it was very close, maybe just a few steps over the limit of what was possible for me uh, physically and mentally um but i mean can't really complain about being super busy having a an amazing time so yeah so um i started out early may went to estonia di- directly to italy then to the us camp then to portugal then to austria then to iceland and then uh, the big camp 50 in germany um it was seven camps in 3 months i don't think i've ever I definitely have never done anything that intense before Um, but every single one of the camps went amazing and uh, I enjoyed every minute of it so I'm also kind of glad to be home now and have um, a month and a half or I was I've been home for a few weeks Uh, no actually I don't know okay I've been home for like 10 days Um, but I have not two months of of nothing quote-unquote nothing um, to do before the next the next camp uh, which is It's kind of nice to have a break now, to be honest. Uh, Next one is up in mid-October, where we go to Poland for the sun camp, and then directly on to to Arizona. We thought it would be interesting to to try and go directly from a Japanese village in Poland to the desert in the Midwest of the U.S. Um, So excited for that. Now, um, at the camps, I've pretty much for the last year or two years, maybe, or as long as I've done this podcast, uh, I've been bringing my little travel microphone and thought, hey, this camp I'm going to interview someone and do some episodes. But I always end up running around like an absolute maniac um, and never have time for it. But um, this camp in Germany um, was probably the busiest camp I've ever done of all camps. I don't, I don't think we, we've we pulled off more things in one week ever than we did there. It was uh, it was pure madness. Um, I'm not going to go through and describe all of it, but I'll leave that to the documentary that comes out next year because we filmed uh, everything. Um, but I managed to do three interviews in Germany and Iceland. Um, it was a good opportunity for me uh, as well to get to talk to these people, uh, yeah. hear a little bit more about their, their backstory and their thoughts about things. Um, because I run so fast at the camps that I... I find it hard to find time to really sit down and talk to people, which I think is the most interesting part of the camps anyway. Um, so I managed to do three interviews and uh, they're going to make up the next, uh, the following three episodes of the podcast. Um, the first one is kind of interesting. This was with uh, one of the instructors, Charles Harriet, um, who uh, has been, he showed up for his first camp one year ago and he uh, I had no idea what to talk with him about but um he's been traveling extensively he's been pretty much like non-stop traveling for i don't know how long uh he was also the Globe globetrotter of the year um last year and uh sponsored traveler uh so i thought he would have a few good stories but we actually ended up talking about just about how it is to to start being a, an instructor at the camps and uh, his experience with that and that was really really funny for me to hear that because um i rarely get to talk to people about that and uh I think it was, a, it was an interesting interview that came out of it. And just as a little disclaimer, this was um, recorded with my little travel microphone, so the quality is maybe not uh, as good as usual. Um, it's kind of long, so I'll just, uh, I'll just run it, and then uh, I hope you enjoy it, and I'll be back uh, right after it's finished. All right, Charles, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be do, you, here. do you want to describe the scene for for the listeners?
1: Uh, sure. So we're laying on some rocks outside of uh, Mjolnir. and there's what looks to me like a very in tall Iceland. in Iceland. In, you in, oh yes, say. in Iceland, in Reykjavik, Iceland. And there's a uh, it's like a tower, a big church that we can see. Beautiful. It's a Viking church. It's a Viking church. Beautiful clouds and then mountains in the background, all around. And then if you look up, the sun is like diagonal left. It's nowhere close to setting, even though it's 6 p.m., and it's probably not gonna all the way set until like one in the morning today. And it's like Florida spring weather. It's not even not even really cold at all. Just a nice
0: breeze and gorgeous out. You forgot to mention the construction site and the parking lot.
1: I, I'm, I'm sugar coating, <laughs> sugar coating it, man. You got to make it as beautiful as possible. We don't talk about such things. We don't talk about the construction or the McDonald's. Actually, they don't have McDonald's on so it. Not McDonald's. They have Actu Tactu instead. Because <laughs> McDonald's left because they decided it wasn't financially viable for them. I think is what someone told me. I might be wrong, but like they didn't kick out McDonald's. McDonald's
0: was just like peace we're out. McDonald's kicked itself out. Yeah. All right. So okay. Remind me how we got in touch the first time. I don't even remember. You uh, sent me an emails or I sent you an email or something. I think I don't know who sent
1: the first email. So at the very beginning I was traveling, so I decided um February of last year to start a a world trip. And I actually had heard of you because your book came out and I saw the idea and I was like, damn it, like I wish I had done that first. <laughs> and my then my girlfriend got me your book for um Christmas and then you for my left. <laughs> no. The, the actually, gifted, yeah. actually, no, the horrible thing about it was I actually didn't read it. I had it on my desk forever, and I read the back and I was like, I'm gonna read this someday. And I just instead of reading it, I just planned the trip instead. I'm like <laughs> instead of reading about, probably,
0: probably even better.
1: About how somebody else did this, I just want to do this. And so I went on my trip and I met Dan. Dan was the beginning of all this. Oh so, yes, of course. So I, I posted about my trip. On the members of BJJ Globetrotters um, page, because I already had been a member
0: of the website for years. For, for the listeners, Dan was the Dan, was in, uh, in Dan the, Reed. He was in the very first podcast. If anyone oh, wants to catch up on it, yeah, episode Danimal. one.
1: Danimal. He's now he's doing really well. He's expanding. I think he's got like three or four gyms now. Mm-hmm. He had one I and mean, he had two when I met him, and I think he's up to three or four. He's he's making a little jiu jitsu empire over there in Taiwan, um, but. I made a post about my desire to travel for a year and do jiu-jitsu a little earlier on members of BJ Globetrotters, the Facebook group. Before that, I had been a member of the website, and I had posted my Gainesville spot as, like, someone come to Gainesville, Florida, but no one had ever messaged me Aww. with any desire to come because <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's actually a very nice place, but it's two hours from the closest airport in every direction, and there's so much amazing things to do in Florida that I guess are more interesting than Gainesville that just no one ever came. <laughs> and That's so, so sad. forever alone. Exactly. And so I um I then posted the members and I got a bunch of feedback, like really positive feedback. And then I forgot about it for like three months. And I got close to the trip. And so instead of like actually taking all of the great feedback I got and like making a proper plan and schedule like you did, like you were incredibly organized. I just remembered these contacts and then started the trip by the seat of my pants. And while I started it out in the US While I was in the U.S., I somehow got a hold of Dan, and Dan was like, hey, if you're going to be in Asia, screw it. Um, You can do a seminar at my gym, here's the deal with it, blah, 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 blah. And the first time I met Dan, he actually, it was him, the other owner of the gym, Graham, and Ryan, three guys. It was a blue belt, pro belt, and Dan's a black belt. And I didn't realize this, but I guess they were testing me to make sure I didn't suck at jiu-jitsu, because <laughs> right after we landed, he took me out for lunch, and he's like, we're going to the gym. And it was just us four, and we like, as essentially like, just all rolled, like, not death rolls, but as close to death rolls as I could possibly think, because Dan is an incredibly competitive man. And we rolled really freaking hard, and I guess I did well enough to convince him that he shouldn't cancel the seminar that he had (laughs) planned. And uh, I ended up hanging out with him for the better part of a week, made friends with a bunch of the guys, ended up winning a breakdancing competition there, and he liked me. And so he, I guess, I assumed that he told you this because then shortly after that, you decided to give me a small sponsorship and extended the, at least from my side of it, I perceived it was an opportunity to kind of like interview to become a Globetrotters instructor because uh, previously I'd been told that I had to go to a Globetrotters camp first to be Globetrotters instructor and I think you were just in your typical fashion like ah screw it come to Heidelberg <laughs> I think that's exactly how you said it like screw it come to Heidelberg that's probably what I said and um so between there and Heidelberg I traveled to a bunch of other spots but when I went to Heidelberg I took it really seriously like it was an interview so I was absolutely terrified <laughs> like like i can't screw this up like i have to teach the best class in the history of jiu-jitsu if i want to land this gig as a blowtrotters instructor like it'd be really embarrassing to get to do this once and they'd be like yeah that's gonna be a pass like i didn't want that to happen and so I, I probably
0: didn't even see your class. I don't even know that you did. But <laughs> in my
1: mind, I was on this serious interview. And um, my first thing I saw was I saw Preet teaching and Preet's so like no nonsense, like just wrong, like bad <laughs> in my head. I'm like, And then I saw a couple of the other instructors who like they had really good jujitsu. And then I rolled with Chris Payne's and he walked up to me and was just like, you're the guy teaching the DARS seminar? I'm like, yeah. Can you DARS me? I'm like, what do you mean? Can you DARS me? Like, I mean, like, demonstrate no, like, we're going to roll, and I want you to darse me. And so I rolled Chris Payne for 45 minutes, <laughs> and I can't darse him. I completely fail.
0: <laughs> you lost all confidence. I lost
1: all confidence. I'm like, I'm like, because the way that Preet was describing essentially all the setups that I had, not all the setups, but, like, the position I planned on teaching my dars from as, like, entirely impractical and unrealistic during his class, and then I can't darse the first person who asked me to roll, and I'm teaching the guy teaching the DARS
0: class. And so like I, I go back to my room, and I'm just like... To be fair, it's always kind of difficult to catch someone in anything if they know it's coming.
1: Oh, I, I, yeah. I do know, but in my head, like, I'm trying to prove myself Right, oh, yeah, that's trying right. you a like, job
0: interview. I forgot. It's,
1: it's, it's, I, in my head, I'm at a job interview, and for all I know, like, I'm being tested by every people that I meet. <laughs> this is the
0: psych, like, psych,
1: neurotic go- stuff going on in my head right now. I know no one at camp. I don't know you. <laughs> I know zero people at camp. And the only people that I've met are the people from the speed dating thing in the beginning. Right. And mind you, the first person I talked to the speed dating thing, I don't remember his name offhand right now, but he warns me. He's like, he points at Preet. like, you see that guy over there? See how he's laughing? He never used to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be very mean. <coughs> don't be like him. And I was like, holy crap! <laughs> and so I was just like, apparently I can't be mean. I have to be nice, Whereas, otherwise I'll be judged. Like this, he's like, you're an instructor here, right? And he gave me like ominous like warnings about how to do well. But it was all like very intense to me. I don't know if it was like his accent or just me being in my head. So like now I gotta be nice to people, and then Chris Payne's, I like, can't tap him out, and then Preet's like. All of this is in my head. I go home after the camp's over. Also, I didn't eat all day because every other camp I'd ever been to, there are breaks for food. <laughs> but I went to everything, and there's
0: no breaks for food. It's such, it's such a first camper. Uh, like <laughs> <laughs> everything, <laughs> yeah. I forgot wrong. to eat, and I did 12 camps today. 12 I, 12 I did, I did, today. I did
1: every single class except for Garris because I saw it was judo, and I was like, I gotta watch this. I can't take judo buffs all day if I'm gonna roll all day. So I watched Garris' class. And I I went through everything, and then it's the end of the day. The last open mat ends, and I'm like, oh yeah, I was told I have a meal plan included in this. And I walk into the cantina. It's closed, right. so I've eaten nothing all day.
0: Oh, <laughs> it's has been a nightmare for you, right? <laughs>
1: uh, but I had a, I was having a great time, and like so, because as much as like I couldn't, tap Chris and I was mad about that. Like, like a lot of the people I met, like my two first people I met were Sven and Chris. And they both have that same, like, lovable asshole vibe about them. <laughs> like, they're both kind of, like, prickly, but there's something charming about the way they're assholes. Like, I love both of them. two of, like, my best friends at from Globetrotters now, both Chris Payne and Sven Groten. But they both have that vibe. Like, because Sven, he's, like, always wearing Nogi. He's the Luta Livre guy. And I get to roll and do leg locks with him, and, like, I had a great role with him. It was really fun. And then I can't stop Chris. Like, I go back to their hotel room. Like, everyone's you want to go drinking? He's like, no, I gotta, I got to get ready. Actually, no, no. I did, cause you had you maniacs have the,
0: the bar crawl oh, yeah, on the, the first night, <laughs> so that's, just, that's, I, that's been the best worst idea ever at the camp.
1: <laughs> and so I go out, and everyone's like, "Do you want a drink?" I was like, "No, I gotta, I gotta stay, I gotta stay focused. <laughs> I gotta prepare for my glasses tomorrow." <laughs> but even before that, oh, sorry, but I was already hung over from the day before, because you remember on the camp group. There was the um, there was the guy who's like, does somebody want to come move my washing machine? <laughs> <laughs> no, I
0: don't. Remember. So
1: there was a guy named Chris Riga. He's a he's like a Muay Thai, really like champion, um, but he's a white belt, hmm. and he lives in Mannheim, the city over from Heidelberg. And um, he posted in the camp group, does anybody have free time and and want to help me move my my wash my old washing machine out and my new washing machine in. And he's like, I'll, I'll give you a place to stay for the night, me and my wife will feed you, it'll be fun. And I'm like, I've been traveling at this point for a while, trying to travel as cheaply as possible. And I'm like, dude, I, I get to meet some people and I get a free meal, this sounds fabulous. So he picks me up and I go over there. This is the day before camp starts. And we have a great time. I help move the washing machine, which was heavy as hell. Like for just two people, this is the heaviest, most like, I've moved American washing machines that are the cheaper ones before in the past, and they're not that bad. But he had this, like, I don't know if it was German or what company. Eastern German. He had (laughs) this incredibly, like, this thing could probably, like, launch nuclear missiles. This (laughs) thing was so advanced and dense. And it made no noise. It was, like, a high-end washing machine. And we carry it and both almost get hernias down. (laughs) Afterwards, him and his wife cooked me this amazing meal. They put on, what was the name of the band? This, like, I never heard of them before. It's this, like, 80s mock rock band. I think it's Steel Panther, is the name of them? It. It's, it's like a rock band but they're like hair metal but they're like anti-madness and we have a great meal but then he's like I have to show you German beer <laughs> of course <laughs> and along with German beer German whiskey and then like oh why do I have rum and vodka and I'm very used to just being a good guest and so like I'm always I'm obliging and so he's like sure 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 I drink one of everything so I drink (laughs) this is our regular beer this is our strong beer and then somehow we ended up drinking vodka and all kinds so I'm drunk very very drunk and I end up uh, falling asleep cuddling with a a T. Rex stuffed animal <laughs> in in the middle of his living room, to which of course he took photos of me. So my first photos at camp are of me cuddling with a baby T. Rex dinosaur that has Muay tire pads on it. The Muay dinosaur is what he calls it. <laughs> Because he said that I had a girlfriend back home. He's like, you must miss your girlfriend. I'm going to give you a stuffed animal <laughs> so you don't get lonely at night.
0: <laughs> Wait, what kind of stuffed animal? Was it
1: was just, it was a regular baby. <laughs> size. Was not, there were no holes in the stuffed animal. This was a PG regular <laughs> stuffed animal. It was not... <laughs> and so I'm already hung over on day one as well to add to all of this. That was the whole reason for that long story. And um, But the cool deal on that was he agreed to do my laundry all week. And he had also, like... Bought me a ticket to the pub crawl as a thank you um, for lifting stuff, and we hung around. He was just a really, really nice guy. Chris is like a great, great guy. And um, his wife, who, who was his fiance back then, his, his new wife now is also really, really cool um, Val. They're, they're, they're awesome, awesome, awesome people. I hope I didn't screw her name up. Um, we come back and so now at the end of the day I, I go to the pub crawl because I want to be social because that guy told me like don't 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 be cold like, you have to be social <laughs> or you're gonna be a bad globe instructor. And so I'm meeting people at a good time, but I'm trying not to drink. So I have one beer at the whole pub crawl, and then I go home and I'm obsessing about my class.
0: I'm going goat.
1: I'll go on going through because I already had my class planned. I've been traveling for a while teaching and so like I knew kind of what I wanted to teach. I had two my two favorite classes, one was on Darcy's, one was on straight ankle locks. And I, I love these classes. And um, I already made friends with Sven, so now I have an UK for my classes. So I was really excited about that. And um, I'm just like, I'm thinking about like, how, if I was an asshole, how could I pick apart my class? How could I say that my class sucked? And I just dissect my class. And I'm like, I think this class is bulletproof. I don't think there's anything anyone could say about this class. And if they do, fuck them. Like, that's, that's, that's where I got it and I say I teach my class and like Preet's there sitting on the side of it washing it with his complete stone face <laughs> lack of emotion and so like at the entire time I have no idea what he's thinking but in my head I'm just like for whatever reason it was like it was immediately like going back to being like the nerdy kid in school who wants <laughs> approval I'm like I want this motherfucker to like my class like for whatever reason I really wanted and so I walked over right to the class what do you think and it wasn't exactly a compliment but it wasn't an insult either I think he said um I would have taught the class in the opposite order, but you are articulate and you express yourself well.
0: <laughs> and
1: overall it wasn't bad. I think that's like <laughs> exactly. it wasn't bad. <laughs> and so for me, like this is the equivalent of like five-star review. <laughs> Just like he didn't sell me it's wrong and you suck. And so like, and from that point on I relaxed, I breathed. And the rest of the camp was this the was Heidelberg only show. Heidelberg one year ago, right? This is Heidelberg one year ago, okay, and this yeah. is all just in the first 36 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so much going through your head. I'm I am I, I, very more laid more. <laughs> back. Once I know that like it's okay to be, but when I think that I'm being like observed or tested, like I get really in my head. <laughs> So this is all that. And then I hadn't even talked to you because I met you and you're doing a million things. And so I said, hi, Christian. And you're like, yeah, take this T-shirt. like a free <laughs> T-shirt for camp. and didn't even have a conversation with me. They <laughs> didn't engage at all. So I was just like, okay, <laughs> thank you for having me
0: here. But well, you know I was watching you all the time, Of right? course. I
1: like, get spies. <laughs> well, especially because of that camp, um, I learned about like the way you guys do promotions, which is like you just tell all the black belts a name and they all have to roll with them and then you are doing that exact thing. And so they're already like fed into my thing like I knew it. <laughs> it must be a secret uh, instructor group without me in it for the spies to talk about me afterwards. <laughs> so there's that, that. Is great. that. That's all just in the first 36. After that, like I realized like how laid back everything was because I remember... <clears throat>
0: Well, I can I'm, tell the I can tell the same story from my side. I,
1: I, I, mean, I want to hear what you were thinking, which is probably nothing. Just like there's a guy here, and he maybe is going to teach a class. <laughs>
0: so I just I just noticed that you were traveling a lot, and like I say, okay, it seems like you're doing some cool things and. Uh, I'll try to involve you somehow I mean wherever I can drop some camera anyway I'll do it So yeah. I like, right, let me send you some gear or something uh, yeah I remember that I then, got the t-shirt and yeah. then you're traveling a lot and, and then we were talking about I was thinking about the sponsorship and like what can I give people and it's like hey why don't you show up at Heidelberg because yeah. uh, and just uh, teach a class or something um, notice how short that is and that was <laughs> that's pretty much it oh god <laughs> and and, uh, and like that's pretty much it. Well, because the reason I remember it. I remember I met you there like, oh yeah, you're to you go traveling. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that uh, was uh, it. <laughs> I'll try to catch you for a roll later or something. No, that's else. exactly
1: what it was, and I never got to roll with you because I remember you said that you had just gotten injured for the first time. That you've been that's like right, you've right. gone years without being injured, but you're rolling. I just
0: I just told someone that I did 36 camps with no injuries. Yeah. And then I immediately got injured. Yeah. And I was you, out, for four you, four you camps, fate. out for four camps. Out for four camps.
1: And so, but you were still rolling with some people. But in my head, I was not going to roll with you because in my head, I'm like, I'm going to fucking hurt this guy. Like that's what's going to
0: happen. That's my <laughs> luck.
1: And then he's like, Oh, this guy has no control. <laughs> I didn't no. roll with you again for like, I waited like four camps. I finally, I'm like, are you healthy? How are you doing? Did you said anything about your knee? I'm not rolling with this guy. I'm waiting <laughs> until
0: he's tip top. No, no, I, as, as, I mean, there is absolutely no test. No one ever watched you. Like, oh, I know. Uh, I, I know uh, at this point, but it, at that
1: point, this is But as you know there. now
0: that like, you know, the quality I really like in the instructions are like, like in general, if, if I hadn't invited you, you would have showed up yourself. Probably. At some yeah, eventually. Yeah. Point. That's, that's that's like how it is. Yeah. All the instructors who had the camps, if I don't invite them, they will still just show up. Yeah. Like that's that's uh, that's really what I'm looking for. There's a lot of like celebrities and stuff, but I mean, if they don't really want to be there, then I don't give a shit. Well,
1: about what I liked inviting. about it was that I looked at the schedule and who was the guy, the famous guy who was there, Well, like, my the very highly accomplished guy, the guy I think he's Danish but he lives in America now. What's his name? Danish in America in Heidelberg. In Heidelberg, was he? Was he maybe there was a guy but because he was opening a gym in Texas. I talked to him, and I remember Alexander seeing, Trent. Yes, oh, yeah. and I was just like, I've heard of this guy, and for me, <laughs> he was the, the name on the schedule which I had heard of the most. I yes. didn't had it. It's also heard.
0: in episode two or three of this podcast. Yeah, battery.
1: and so um, I talked to him. He was actually very nice, but he was only there for the end of camp, Yeah. And so I never really got to know him. But like, he was very nice. But I was just, like, it's kind of cool that like his classes and like my classes, there was no. They were just on the schedule the same way there was no like preferential treatment
0: for, for the celebrity which i thought was was pretty cool i tried to as as i just did some talk with stevie for the documentary we're filming for this year and we talked a little bit about this that i don't do like the camps are not i don't do seminars it's not like people being here and then there are some instructors who are teaching it. that's not how i approach it like the camps are more like what i what i try to do is it's just get a bunch of friends together on a holiday, and then some of them happen to be teaching the classes because they did jujitsu for longer than the others. You know, it's not like the students and the instructors yeah. like two 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 distinct groups. Like it doesn't work like that. That's not the, at least I'm not interested in that. I don't give a shit about. Yeah, it. I, that, I wouldn't I wouldn't find that very that fit
1: my personality really really <laughs> well just because I think I've that's never what really I that's probably what
0: I, hierarchy and all that's, that's probably that what I saw when when I saw you traveling is that like you were just everywhere connecting with so many people and like oh why don't you come here and uh, just do the same
1: thing yeah i mean yeah yeah, my entire mo when i was traveling in the beginning was just if you live in a cool place and you'll give me a couch or a bed and feed me a little bit of food let's do this yeah like that was it like my, my entire requirement was like can I have a place to sleep that is sanitary? Yeah. Like not, not not even not even necessarily a bed. Just just will there be cockroaches? Like I think like, that's, that's my bar. Like will there be cockroaches crawling on me? If you don't have cockroaches crawling on me, we're good. That's that's where my bar is. That's my only deal breaker. Is like roaches on my chest at night. Anything better than that, and I'm a happy camper. Like oh, it's the floor. It's a clean floor. We're good. Is it a couch? Is it a bed? Whatever it is. Like I've had really, because like, I've been t- times when I stayed in like a nice hotel. But then I'm, like, alone in the hotel, and it's very lonely. Yeah. Versus, like, if I stay on someone's couch, like, I'm part of their day. Yeah, exactly. And I get to see the place, and I make a friend. Like, every, like for example, I slept on, on Chris Riga's couch that night, and, like, I made a friend. I still talk to Chris. Yeah. Like, him and his wife, because they're, they're really actually hilarious people. Right. And I did striking, he did Muay Thai. Like, it was, I made a friend just because I wanted, I was cool with moving a dishwasher, I just wash yeah. a washing machine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's let's we I, I in this podcast I talk a lot to people about the traveling and like yeah. you know, where they go and how they For do sure. it. But but let's 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 actually stick a little bit with the with the camp and structure experience. Oh yeah, like, well, what else that. did you do? What else? What, did we, we, what was the other camp? I don't remember.
1: Oh, I did a bunch more camps because
0: I, I apparently don't notice you at the camps? And apparently, I'll talk to
1: you well, I didn't do any. No, I actually I didn't have like long. I, I think the first time I had a real conversation with you was in Austria, which was the next camp actually. Okay, that was. But the that was there. because. I, you, like I said, when I think my entire MO at the camps, it's like any opportunity given, I'll just say yes to it. Mm. So you said, does someone want to clean the mats? And I just said, sure. Like any opportunity given, I'm just, I'm going to jump on it because I ended up making really good friends with. Oh,
0: was that was a person. test, though, Charles. I was testing your... Oh,
1: thing. testing <laughs> by my humility. Like, who's this guy with the mats? Uh, I must have, I, I passed that one. I knew it. No, that, that was just because that was part of my second trip. So my first trip, I ch- traveled with my girlfriend for the first half. And then uh, I traveled alone for the second half. And then I came back to America and I had to decide like, cause I originally planned on having that one trip. Like, do I want to start school? Do I want to go back to having a office job? Um, where do I want to live? What do I wanna do with my life? And I realized that like, I really like, everyone doesn't like being on the road so long, but like, it didn't bother me. And I liked the fact that every few days was a new you... experience. Right. And I was like, let's lean into this and see see how long I can really, I can just make this my life. And so, but I made myself a rule. Like, I wanted to only live off of jiu mm. I didn't want to dip into my savings. I didn't want to be, like, well, not even dipping into my savings because I used a bit of my savings on my first trip. And so already was a smaller savings. Um, I didn't want to have a negative. Topic. I wanted to say, is this a maintainable lifestyle to travel the world and do jujitsu? And so in Austria, I was just like, any opportunity to do something because like frankly I just I wanted the camp rash guard (laughs) but I didn't think it was a responsible like a responsible purchase right and so I was like yeah I'll clean the mats and I'll get a rash guard like this this sounds like a way for me to logically be frugal and get this thing that I think is outside of my like trying to be as meager as I can budget out of it that's the only reason I did it but then um, Other camps, so like what else? Can I think so.
0: Austria camp was really special. Was it? But it, I, would, I was talking about the winter or the summer. I never went to some. Oh, that's right. That's I was right. A... So, so how much you noticed. Bit... <laughs> oh, that's even just a few weeks ago, and I don't remember if you were there. Like, I don't notice I'm, I'm, you. I'm, this is I'm, awkward. I'm, I'm just a
1: ghost. This, this conversation is turning totally really <laughs> it's
0: awkward. Really awkward. <laughs> no. As I, no, I was not
1: physically at that camp. I wasn't hiding from you for all six days. I wasn't physically
0: in the country. I was in America when you were doing. That. I remember no. <laughs> oh my God, too be... many. Just I just did seven camps in three months. I it's, know, like too many phases.
1: I'm it's impressed with your. ability to still remember certain people unless it's better you have just an amazing poker face yeah how are you
0: what's up what's up Bro? you? yes <laughs> you what's up man uh, no Austria so you were a bit more relaxed there or what I was because I at this point
1: like I knew people like yeah. I had already like during my time between camps I'd visited a bunch of the people from Heidelberg camp I think we
0: talked about that, right? When you yeah, were traveling, I said, come to the camp and you definitely make some connections. I
1: did. It worked out really well. But I think also the reason why I was thinking it was so prestigious to teach at the camp is I had been to a previous camp and I would offered to teach and they were like, no. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't even like a question. It was like, no. It's just like, we have instructors. Thank you for your time. It was a very flat no. It was like, oh. and So for me, like, you letting me be an instructor was a really big deal. Like, it was like, I'm being like... I'm being given a privilege because clearly, like, there's a standard to this because I've, I've asked before in, in another camp and they, they just said no to me. Um, not that I think it was anything I did, but, like, not that there was anything, like, it wasn't, like, personal. It was just, like, no, we, j- we chose our instructors, like, a year ago. Right. Like, like this this camp is not that kind of a show where you can just, like, become an instructor two months out. Like, That's not a thing right. that we do here. Um, not to, like, because I don't want to, like, say anything bad about it because um, I actually loved that camp as well. Very different than Globetrotters, but I, I liked it as well. The um, <laughs> Balaton camp from ZR Team. I, I loved that camp as well, but very, very, like, very different experience. But in Austria, what I loved about it was now I knew people. And so, mm. like, um, at this point, like me and Preet actually, like, he's now kind of like a buddy, like as much as Preet, every time I see him, tells me like, just so you know, we're not friends. <laughs> um, unless, unless like this morning, actually he flipped it. He'd been saying that for a while this morning. He said, how do you do my, like, my very emotional friends?" <laughs> That's like, I was like, are you making a joke right now? Like, <laughs> And so, but like, but between him and then, uh, I had met a bunch of other people. And so I'm now, instead of just like, just meeting friends, I'm also seeing people I've already known before mm. as well as a bunch of other people that, and I got really good feedback from my class. Cause in my head, I'm like the, the junior person at Heidelberg. I didn't expect to get a positive, positive response, but I was getting a really positive response. People were asking me if they could have like, if there was a video taken of mine or like they were asking me if they could, um, if, if they could learn more about it. So it made me feel good. It's like, okay, maybe, like, I can hang because I st- took a lot of classes in Heidelberg. And I loved them. Like, I learned, I had a whole notebook of stuff I learned in Heidelberg. That's part of why I made the little infographic, like, how do I take the most out of camp? Because, like, I learned a bunch, even, like, off the mat, I learned stuff from Daniel Bertina, from Preet, from Chris, from Sven, from, from, uh, especially, um... Oh, don't, don't make his native in me. Um... I was facing my head. uh, I'll remember in a second. But like a lot of the instructors I learned so much from. And then for people to be giving me compliments me to be like, oh, I guess this level that I'm giving reverence to, maybe I'm somewhat near there or there. And so then I kind of came with that confidence in Austria. And I taught uh, two classes there and they went really well. And this is another story that I like telling because I had taken your Create Something class in Heidelberg and it really changed changed my view. And it kind of like, cause I'm very indecisive. I get to like analysis process. I look and examine every variable and I can't make a decision. Mm. And it kind of helped me with just making life easier. Because one of the things that you were saying is just like, don't worry about money. Just fix it. Fix a fix it an anxiety and build karma points. Right. So the same way you're talking about letting me teach a camp was build karma points. I had a situation where people kept asking me for more advanced leg lock classes. I taught. The same basic leg block class, actually a modified version of the same basic leg block class I taught in Heidelberg in Austria. People liked it, but like, dude, we want heel looks we want a more advanced class. And you had mentioned that instructors can give privates. And I'm like, okay. And, but there was too many people. And I was like, you know what? I'll just make a class. And then you saw that I had made a paid class and you sent me a message being like, Charles, I know that I said you could do privates, but we can't do a paid class. Because I don't want this idea of like, you already paid to come to camp. Now you have to pay again if you want to get the real stuff. This right. idea of there being exclusive training. And, like, for a second, like, there's that, like, kind of uh, selfish thought of, like, dude, like, this isn't a paid gig for me. Like, I'm trying to, I'm, like, trying to survive and, like, this new journey in life and, like, crap. Like, ah, I'm like, and, like what can I do? And then I immediately thought, like, all right, karma points. If I was a student in class and this situation happened to my instructor, like, what would he do that would make me be, if I was a student, that I would think, like, he's a cool guy. Or just like that he's not an asshole or he's not whatever. Right. And it was like, well, it's like, first off, do I enjoy jujitsu? Of course I do. Do I enjoy teaching? Yes, of course I do. Would I do it for free? I've done it for free a long time. So I'm just going to teach the class for free. And I taught that I was like, the class is not canceled, but you guys can't pay me for it. The class is free. And instead of getting like the eight people who wanted to go, I had like 30 people in the middle of this tiny conference room teaching heel hooks at events like lock entries. And some of them even like coined a term like putting your knee into orbit and so i learned a new way of teaching a technique and that helped me out and even after that there was still um four people who still wanted privates so i still got to make a little bit of money on the privates mm-hmm. and i got to see the class and i after that like because i learned from the first camp that like from like morsaga it was like Captain Patchmaster's got like 30 patches that he's like a bag of a million different patches that like apparently I should make patches and bring them and so I had patches but I hadn't I'm a horrible salesman I never told anyone I had patches people started asking me if I had patches people started buying my patches and like I sold like like I was still terrified when I even made the patches they only made like 50 of each one like, usually people take, like, 200 I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to want these (laughs) patches. Like, I think they're cool, but, like, I don't even wear patches on my geese. I'm a horrible hypocrite. I'm selling patches, but I don't even wear patches. Um, But people wanted them, and that that made me feel cool. And, like, the whole experience was, like, it was literally, like, this stuff that you taught in the Create Something class, like, coming to fruition. Like, I did, I honestly did the quote-unquote right thing or the, what I thought was, like, the cool guy thing to do with no expectation of making any money on it. Just, like... It's a great camp, of a good time, let's do it. And then I ended up having both. I got to be the cool guy, and I got a little bit of money, which allowed me to further my, my journey on my trip, which is, which is all I needed from it. And it made me, because I was already paranoid about coming to a ski lodge, because skiing's incredibly expensive, and everything around a ski lodge to me just sounded like I was going to make myself broke very quickly. Yeah. But it all worked out. And the trip after that, I ended up seeing so much of of Germany, like, and just, I don't know, everyone that I've met through Globetrotters has just literally, like, that's the other quote that I took away from your Create Something it was treat everyone you meet like they could be your next best friend. Right. And it's been true. Like, I've made, like, uh, like um, Chris uh, Wildgard, he's going to hate me from Brisbane's last name, he's from Denmark. I met him in Heidelberg. And I've been posting on Instagram about what I was doing. He's like, hey, I have time off. Like, do you want to go on a road trip with me? Sure. And so, like, after um, after Austria, I went over, and he just met me in um, Hamburg, where I was visiting Lilo, was one of the instructors from uh, Heidelberg, and he, we did, like, a road trip across Denmark and um, in Germany together, and, like, it was, like, hanging out with someone I've known forever, and I literally had hung out with him, like, a couple hours in Heidelberg, right. and we'd been talking on, Insta, on Facebook, <laughs> yeah. and then, like, we had an amazing time, and, like, I would never have gone on a road trip across Germany if I hadn't met him. But, like, I met him, and I just, you know, I just try my best to be cool, like, just mm. being pleasant. And you meet the coolest people. Right. And that's, it worked out really,
0: really well. Yeah, it's very much about, I had that, I got that experience from traveling. Like, I, I realized that the more of an open mind I kept towards everyone, and not just, like, the higher belts. Like yeah. like anyone you meet in any gym could potentially be your next best friend or give you an amazing experience yeah. or something, and I found that everywhere. And I was like, shit. I really need to just like pursue this and and anyone I run into, you know, like really, yeah. what I do now is kind of when I meet someone, I, I kind of imagine myself doing, like, cool shit with them. <laughs> like This is me yeah, and you yeah, and me. Yeah, yeah, we're, like, we're, like, in a bar, or maybe we go bowling, or, or we're on a holiday in Greece together or something, you know, like, that's what I imagine. <laughs> and, you know, you never know, and every single person, every every little white belt hiding in the corner because fear of, of, of breaking breaking rank, you know, they might be your next best friend. Yeah. And well, the other thing about that, you say, the Doing it for for karma, is like value comes in many shapes. You know, it's not yeah. all, it's not always hard cash.
1: And and the things I prefer those things. Like I would much rather like have an experience because everybody knows something cool or like have. Because for example, like I used to be a software developer, and like uh, the thing that Chris Riga, he's a software developer, or like um, some of the people that I met here Like and so I get to because I I still a little bit miss that world. I miss my technological side. I miss software development. And just even, like, having those chats about, like, scrum and software development and, like, and, like, hearing them be going, like, mean, the same little stresses that I had and the neuroses that I had mm-hmm. when I was in that field. It's, like, reconnecting with a piece of myself that, like, is really my only fear about just doing jiu is, like, there's other pieces of myself that I don't want to atrophy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I get to, like, get... And whenever you let someone talk about something they're passionate about, like, they give you so much. And so, yeah. like, just asking someone about whether it be their profession or their hobby or their passion. And now I know, like, little bits about all kinds of stuff. And it's been really cool. (laughs) Someone's actually been listening to that
0: workshop. That's pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I... Dude, I I honestly... Because... I don't know, I guess I look at people and I I try to learn from everybody. So, for example, I learned a lot at Heidelberg camp from Mario Hudalesk. Not 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 anything about the jiu-jitsu... But about how, just how professional he is about yeah. everything. Yep. Like, he did his, like, I did a talk, and I had slides, and I didn't have any slides. I, know, like, I think I had pictures. <laughs> I had a couple of pictures on my laptop that I put up, and, like, I thought it was good. And everyone's like, do you have slides? And I was like, I don't have slides, bro. He's like, what about this? Like, okay, well, send me a message, and I'll try and, like, put it together. And I had, like, a couple of Facebook conversations with people afterwards, but... Mario taught his class instantly. There's there's a full PowerPoint presentation of how to drill better on the uh, on the Facebook group, and he's like, "This is my Instagram. I will be posting a drilling video precisely once every 24
0: hours." He didn't say it that way, but that's how it felt. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it felt. The, the Instagram cause... is uh, Mario Drill. Yeah, Mario Drill. It's I really good. I highly recommend it.
1: Every day, every day without fail, like yeah. like <laughs> clockwork, he posts a new drill, <laughs> and you'd think that after almost a year now he'd be running out of stuff but he's not because I he would be able drills. to do like
0: stuff for a week <laughs> run
1: out of ideas <laughs> every day there's a new drill and and it's it's and you can see the progress is added better each time it used to like whereas like I look at my Instagram which started like I think a little before his and it's just like random pictures of my food or like <laughs> me with my arm around somebody check out this dude that I met or like look it's me doing a handstand next to a monument like it's just and then, then oh look it's this great heel hook a knee bar or a flying arm bar. Oh yeah! By the way, I like flowers. Like it's everywhere. <laughs> and his is just so focused that I get. The, and it shows with like how we've done. Like I've done pretty well in like the Instagram follower game, but like he's he's doing so because it's so focused. You know what you're gonna get with mine. Like you you could just as easily get just a random picture of me with some graffiti <laughs> with no context as you could get like a really good technique by a guy that I met like I put a really good technique up from this this um, sambo guy I met in Canada and I loved it it was so great he was the nicest guy and that's a great technique and everyone loved it it was like when I was in in Serbia I had pictures of me doing technique because um the guy who runs VJE, uh Jeremy Honey he like kind of made me be better he was just like no this is how you do it these are the types of things you're supposed to be posting stupid <laughs> and um so for the week that I was with him, my Instagram was, like, really professional. And then I went right back to posting random crap. Graffiti and food. Yeah, just graffiti, food, and handstands, <laughs> and, and then occasional jiu-jitsu. But, like, I know that I gotta, and, like, I gotta be more professional. But, like, um... What was the... What was the next camp you did? After Austria, um... I hung around Europe for a bit, and the next camp was... But, oh, yeah, I wasn't even supposed to. So I loved Austria so much. My plan was not to stick around and go to Estonia. My plan was to go to Asia because like, dude, I want to see the world. I don't want to just be seeing Europe all the time. It's played out, blah, 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 adventure. But um, I just, because I also wanted to see sumo in Japan. So I still haven't seen sumo in Japan. It's still like a goal of mine. Um, but I didn't, because I had so much fun in Austria, like, I've got to do the next one, I'll make it work. And so it was talent, it was uh, it was Estonia. And so that was great, because once again, like each camp, I know a little bit more people. Mm. And so I'm seeing more people. So now I have the friends I made in Heidelberg and the friends I made in, um, in uh, Austria. Plus anybody that I've met along the way visiting Globetrotter gyms or visiting regular gyms. Cause I've had some people, um, for example, I taught in Israel twice. It was the first year, it was the second year. And I absolutely loved it. Cause I had a, a childhood friend who kind of vouched for me. And turns out that they, they have some Globetrotters at the gym as well. And so it worked out really, really cool. And I got to live there for a whole week oh. and I taught they just, they, they're they the most shout out to Octopus BJJ in Tel Aviv Shaolin Guido like they did kind of like what you did they just trusted that I wasn't a scumbag <laughs> and they let me take over their gym for a week they let me teach every class in their gym for a week so I got to feel what it was like to have my own gym because hmm. I never had my own gym and I loved it
0: and so, didn't you do the same in Serbia or something?
1: Um, in Serbia. This guy, Guillaume,
0: he went on holidays.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, he posted it in the Globetrotters. Yeah, group. yeah, yeah. He posted that he just wanted black belts. And so, apparently, I didn't actually have to teach so many classes. <laughs> like, he would have been cool if we're teaching just a couple. But whenever someone offered me, I, just, I taught every day uh, that I was there, and then I taught a seminar at the end. But I actually didn't have many people come to my seminar. Because I, I was like, I didn't want to ever repeat. So I taught so much that everyone was like mentally full. Mm-hmm. that they didn't want to come. Like, dude, I don't have mental space for any more of your jujitsu. Like, less is more. Um, so I think I learned that lesson. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did the same thing. So Jeremy gave me uh, that gig. And so I was able to do that as well because of the experience of Tel Aviv. But I actually had a friend from Tel Aviv, Inat, who came to Estonia. Right. Which is why we had like, it was like all these different countries, then one person from Israel which was he not, and um, but also that was a cool thing in Israel because I managed to bring Chris Payne's, because like I said, I missed Chris Payne's and Preet, and I really like I kind of as much as like I talked about like the social part of it, like I loved their defensive system. One because I could not submit Chris, and I was trying to submit him all week after that first time, and I couldn't get him, and so that bothered me. And then with Preet, just like how hard it was. To, to attack him and how, how lazy he was, like that look of boredom he had on his face while I was trying to attack him. was just like, I want this. I want to give people that look of boredom. And so I started obsessing over their defensive system. Um, and so I taught little dregs of it because I thought it was really cool. And Israel was like, dude, you shouldn't listen to me. You should get Chris or Preet to come. Um, but they had asked uh, Preet and he was booked up. He never had time and so I asked asked Chris, and I'm like, dude, come over, these people are awesome, and Chris, he did, and I managed to get him to come over. And so I got to like have a Globetrotter person come over and like introduce them, we did super fights together. And, like... So now I, when I saw Chris again in, um, in Estonia, it was like seeing a friend, because like me and Chris had like, hung out a bit more, we're not friends. I had actually invited to Florida earlier that year. Like, just, I was actually still trying to live out that whole, so in the Creativity class, the other thing that Christian talks about is the idea of building your creativity. And treating it like a muscle. And like writing down forty just even if they're bad ideas, just forty ideas every day. Ten it's, ideas a day. Is it ten? I'll oh. do forty. Oh well, <laughs> crap. I might have overdid it. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a lot. Um well, it was ten ideas a day and then you wanna always take action on at least one of those ideas. And so I had been doing that for a while. So when I went back to Florida, I had like Mexican luchador open that at the park next to yoga class in the middle of town during a concert. Like I made that happen. There was no financial repercussions. It was just me and my friends. Um, or it was a small. I, made, I also made it a small group of friends that way it would be logistically feasible. And I didn't have to like purchase too many luchador masks. <laughs> I make this. And um, so I bought two and then I had my friends get them. And we all had the most amazing time. And then I, we had, I had my friend who's a photographer. I'm like, dude, you want to come take pictures of us in Luchador, Master Jiu-Jitsu? So we had professional photos of us doing this. And so I had been doing these little ideas. And so I, one of the ideas was I want to bring a glove trotter somewhere. And so I brought Chris to Florida. And then the other idea was like, well, I want to keep, like, making all of these things commingle. And so, and I had been obsessing. And also, like, selfishly, I wanted to get better at Preet's system. And I didn't have a chance to go see Preet personally. And also, I had got along really well with Chris. And so, because when I went to Chris's school, what impressed me was there were blue belts, one in particular named Naki, who I could not submit. And i have been training for 14 years, and Naki had been training for two, and I went as hard as I could trying to submit him, and I couldn't submit him. And he wasn't like doing anything magic, he was, he, he's a strong guy, but he's not like a superhuman. And, like, and his whole school across the board all had this defensive system, because he doesn't care if class is boring. <laughs> Like, Chris is like, no, you're learning this. It's important. And, like, so his classes, they all know it. And so I met white belts, blue belts, everybody. The whole school, unilaterally, was difficult to submit. And there were blue belts training for two years that I couldn't submit. So I was like, I want to learn more of this, and I think I can share it with people. And so that led to be doing that. So in Estonia, I, like, am now going to get to training with Freed again, which was awesome. And on top of that, like, I'm, in my head, thinking this is, like, the home base. I'm going to meet, like, nothing but people who are amazing at this. But interestingly enough, it's kind of like you don't get all the love in your hometown about like a piece of Preet students play grilled chicken and panda and all this stuff. And another piece just don't do it at all. Like it's like it's like he's locals, so like they just didn't believe him or they didn't adopt it. <laughs> and so they're just like, nah bro. They played good jujitsu but it wasn't it wasn't that like clone of preet, where is it? Chris's gym. Preet jitsu. Yeah, Preet Jitsu like they uh in Chris's gym they all do it. Like there's zero people in Chris's gym that aren't playing grilled chicken and panda stuff. So I thought it was really interesting that though it's Preet's thing that he invented, at Chris's gym, the adoption is so uniform. And I would never been to a gym before where adoption of really anything was that uniform. Like Every gym usually has their guy or their girl or their competitors, but I'd never seen like a singular technique or idea be so perfectly adopted in a gym. And so in Estonia, it was my first time kind of having a little bit of leisure time. Like I, I walked around, I hung out, I knew the other instructors. Um maybe we should right.
0: mention that it's an airplane. We're sitting right next to the airport. So oh yeah, so we are planes pl- are taking off. But we're not mix. really
1: next to the airport. Like the airport was like a forty-five minute ride. It's just like No no, this is this is a city airport. Oh, there's an airport yeah. in Reykjavik. Yeah, yeah. I did not know? But that. there's only local flights.
0: Oh that you can fly from here to like other parts of So, so if
1: you were that lazy you could That's have taken a all, flight all, from Keflavik here. It's
0: all propellers. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, what were you saying?
1: Oh it was just about like the, the camp. Uh the camp in Estonia. Because that was my next camp which was entirely different. Like, that's the other thing. Like, the camps aren't all the same. Like, because the camp in Heidelberg, almost everyone's there in the dorms, you don't really ever, like, like leave. And same thing with Austria. Almost everyone's in the dorms, so, like, everyone eats together because there's a meal plan. And so it's all very self-contained. And, like, it's kind of like, there's things to do, but it's, like, a few things to do. Most people are doing the same thing because it's all self-contained. Estonia was entirely different because... It was all in Prince gym, but everyone was at different hostels all over town. So instead of there being kind of like the thing that the camp is doing, there's like lots of different stuff going on. And even at Heidelberg there was, but that was more of like people staying in, people, oh, sorry about that, worries. people uh, people going out. But in, um, in Estonia, there were people going everywhere. So there were some people who were like going and partying at the hostel, and then there were people going to this bar or that bar. There were people staying in and playing board games or cards against humanity, like it was a whole different feeling that felt like like I always say Globetrotters camps are like choose your own adventure. Mm. Right? Like other camps are kind of like we're all on the same ride together. We're all gonna <laughs> go to the class in the morning, we're gonna eat lunch together, class in the evening, we're gonna eat dinner together, and then maybe there's a class at night. Everyone's in
0: the same roller coaster.
1: We're all taking the same roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like the Globetrotters camps, they always feel like cause you physically, unless you're a crazy person, you can't go to every class. You just can't. I mean you can but
0: you're, you're gonna you will try
1: yeah you will try but you, you you will probably fail i think didn't two guys
0: do it once oh yeah, yeah I, I, actually quite, quite many people did it really but uh, yeah i don't know how oh,
1: never mind i maybe i just can't do it okay. I, I i apologize for projecting my own inadequacies upon everyone else <laughs> but um it, it leads to you deciding like you're gonna go to these classes maybe you'll watch some classes maybe you're gonna go because if you don't if you go to every class you're gonna miss all the cool stuff you're going to miss the extra stuff going on, whether it be like a bodybuilding competition or diving or the assassination game. or The assassination game is everyone gets a person's name. Actually, I have to mention this about Estonia because I was mad at you in Estonia because I joined the assassination game, even though I always lose. And you got me as the first person. And I hadn't even picked up my water gun yet. <laughs> I was just defenseless. And you just like, hey, Charles. Just so you know, you're dead. i like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never even really got to shoot anybody. I never got to do anything. you're a noob. But the whole idea is you have to squirt someone with a water gun without them uh, saying, hey, stop. Calling it or calling
0: out. calling it out. Before they,
1: Before they know out. that you're trying to squirt them with a water yes. gun. You can talk to them. So, like, the most savage assassination I've ever seen, I'm going to skip forward to main camp. wasn't main camp. That was the next camp, man. Yeah? It was the next okay. camp after Stoney in the U.S. So I'm sitting down at a campfire. Maine had campfires over at this camp, and um, I'm talking to a few people. And um, this person comes and they sit down and they start joining the conversation. They talk. And the person sitting next to me talks to them, engages them, like brings, like reels them into conversation. They have a conversation about life, but it's like a deep, not like a surface. It's like a deep conversation <laughs> about like like real personal stuff for about a half an hour. And then the person who who uh, was already there just says, by the way, you're dead. And shoots them with a the water gun. I was like, that is the most, like, long con. Like, lulling someone into a false insecurity thing I've ever seen in my life. Just just sat there. And, like, for a second, like, wow. They, like, they didn't know each other. This is, like, building trust, building a friendship. Like, wow, maybe I want to visit you. I'll go, yeah, I'm going to go visit you. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, you're dead. Like... <laughs> the, the depths. All of that was fake. All of that. By the way, I don't actually like you. I'm interested in anything you even had to say. It was all a ruse.
0: <laughs> how was your uh, so at the U.S. camp? Now you're kind of already like a veteran instructor. Yeah. How, how did that feel? Well, it you're, was... and and you were doing the breakdancing workshop and the and the and the we did the breakdance battle. At we the, did. At the final so party.
1: the funny thing about USA camp was I felt like Heidelberg all over again, actually. Because even though I'd been doing all these camps, I'd done only camps in Europe. So I knew a bunch of people in Europe, and I knew no one. Not no one. I'd met, like, Aaron and a couple other people, but I knew almost no one from America. So, like, all a lot of the uh, globetrotters and the main camp are from America and Canada. And all that church, I didn't know any of them. Like, I knew Preet, and I knew Aaron, and I knew you, and, like, Katla and a couple other people. But, like, I didn't know any of them. So, like, it was kind of like back to back to Heidelberg again with also like huh I wonder I guess maybe it's just like my personality like I wonder how my jiu-jitsu stacks up against these guys like these guys gonna be like ah Christian like bringing amateurs in like I I, I've always I always am constantly like I don't I know that I'm not the best jiu-jitsu competitor ever but I'm obsessive about my teaching I've always loved teaching I've been teaching martial arts since I was 13 I taught karate like and so like I care about how good I am at teaching way more than I care about how good I am at rolling and so like I, I always want feedback, but at the same time, like, it makes me want to polish myself and do my best because there are some people at the camp who are from, like, famous teams, right? Like, um, uh, Jay Pages is from Coyotera, like, some of these guys, and, like, or, like, I think, uh, is, is Steve Austin an actor or something? Like, he, oh, I don't know if he was, but someone said something like that. Like, I just noticed that all of his pictures on Facebook are, look so professional. Absolutely. Like, he, he looks like he could be on the cast of Vikings or something. Like, he's just so well-groomed. And so I was just like, is this guy famous or something? He's got these beautiful photos. Like, And so I immediately just like, I need to make sure that I can rise to this bar. And so that's my immediate thought whenever I'm meeting a large number of new jiu-jitsu people. Like, okay, what is the standard? Who are the best people here? Okay, do I measure up to that bar? Can I, have I worked hard enough, has all of this work i put in jiu-jitsu? So like when I stopped having a day job, like my obsessive nature that like led me to be somewhat successful in my professional life, I took all of that obsession and just put it into jiu-jitsu. Like I want my jiu-jitsu to be as clear. I want literally anybody to be able to succeed in my class. And so, but I did feel comfortable because the class I was teaching was that same uh, Leg Locks 101 class. And by this point, when I first came back to America, I got this great opportunity to actually make a DVD on BGJ Fanatics. So I know that gives me, like, a little tiny smidgen of clout (laughs) um, because, like, Bernardo Faria and Mike Zenga, like, met me, and they don't think I suck at jiu-jitsu. Like, for me, that's enough. Like, people who who matter in the jiu-jitsu community, like, saw my jiu-jitsu, and they don't think that I suck. I'm not saying they think I'm good, but they thought I was good enough to let me create a product on their website, which to me, like, was validation because, like, I... (laughs) I'm constantly trying to measure against my own bar, which is perfection, which you're never going to get. And so when I meet people who I have a lot of respect for or have high accomplishments, I'm curious, like, okay, what is the chasm? Because there's definitely a difference in our, uh, our accomplishments because I haven't competed in any really prestigious tournaments. And so I know that, like, they have and they've succeeded at that level. It's the same way I felt when I got to meet Max Carvalho at um, at ZR Team Camp. He's a very accomplished uh, competitor. And so I was like... When I got to roll with, him, it was like, "Okay, how do I measure up against this like many-time European champion?" Like, or like when I got to roll with Craig Jones, Robert Drysdale, like on my journey, like, "Okay, how do I measure up against these 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 really elite guys?" And like, obviously, like, like tapping happens. I'm gonna get tapped, but like, okay, do I feel like a baby? Do I feel like I'm in this match? Or, but even more when I get to teach in front of people, and like when other black belts showed up for my class, that's the ultimate compliment. Like, because no one has to come to these classes. There's no obligation for you to show up mm. to any class. And so for me, my standard is always, like, who is the least talented person in this room or least coordination or, like, has the most physical problems? Can – is my teaching good enough that they can get it? And who is the most accomplished in this room? Do they look at my jiu-jitsu and think, okay, that's good jujitsu, jitsu or that's probably useless? Not that, like, I put all of my faith in their opinion of me, but, like, I always want feedback. And I, I might be like, I disagree. I think that, like, locks work. I don't think they're BS or whatever. Where like, I think this technique is valid. You might think it's a strength move. We disagree. It's fine. But to get feedback about my teaching style and my classes, it's, it's, it's always what I see. So anytime I meet new people that have any amount of accomplishments or are, have said the words, I can't. Anytime a student says, I can't, it's like, okay, how good of a teacher am I? And so those two things, so like even though I was a veteran, I felt like a noob because I didn't know any of the Americans Mm. at the camp. Um, But the breakdancing thing, it went really well in the end, but I was panicking the whole time because you scheduled the breakdancing class the exact same time at your class. (laughs) And it's your camp and you taught a class that, like, everyone wanted to go to, and so I had five people show up for my breakdancing class, and you're like, Charles, we're going to have a breakdance battle, and, like, I had five people in my class. <laughs> and, like, and, like, I was trying my best, like, please come, and like, afterwards, everyone's like, what's your breakdance class? I'm like, it already happened. Like, I told you guys, like, it's on the schedule, like, please come to my class, but, like, that's how it happens. And like,
0: I don't think that many people showed up for my class. I think, I think that was just in your head.
1: In my head, there were five people in my class. <laughs> so, so that's even worse. It's not that your class is great. It's that they chose nothing over coming to my class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, sorry. <laughs> I just made it worse. That's even worse. <laughs> it's, just, it's just
1: like, I, I, do I do breakdancing or do I sit down and take a nap or do my laundry? <laughs> like, laundry beat my class. I'm sure there are more people doing laundry. Probably, yeah. yeah and so, like, that for me was like, but it's always the interesting thing. I've realized about breakdancing is whenever I teach people breakdancing, they love it. But whenever I tell people I want to teach them breakdancing, they have zero desire to come. (laughs) Zero desire to come. My breakdance class worked out really well in Austria actually because of the fact that um, I had those, um, like kind of the the good, good karma going already from kind of like offering to just like kind of help a lot of people. It was later in the week and it was a smaller camp and so everyone was all clustered together kind of doing a similar thing. Whereas in America camp, even though it's all in the same spot, it's actually a really nice camp area. Some people were out on canoes. Like there, were, there were non-jiu-jitsu things people were doing. And some people were taking the other classes. Like, and so it was a little more spread. The, the non-mat classes didn't get as much, as much love as that one as they do in some other camps. And um, also, that a lot of people think, frankly, breakdancing is dangerous, which I think mm-hmm. is hilarious. Whenever I try to get breakdancers to do jiu-jitsu, they're like, dude, you're trying to get me injured. Whenever I tell people that do jiu-jitsu to do, do break dancing, they say the same thing. Mm. When both people already have the skills to do the other thing. Every break dancer I've gotten the jiu-jitsu has been phenomenal and natural. To the point where like, it comes so easily to them that their standards get ridiculously high. Mm. I had a friend who, his very first class, was doing well against blue belts and purple belts. But he was mad that in his second class he couldn't beat me. <laughs> and i have been training for a decade at this point. I'm right. like, you're in your second class. Like, it's like, because it was just all so intuitive for him, he thought that, like, oh, this is like a game of basketball. Mm. Like, I'm going to beat you in basketball after a couple of games. Yeah. Um, but back to that camp. But it was great, though, because even though I only had five people, it made me able to have, like, an intimate class. Everyone got it. And I even, like, had five people. So I made a little mini routine. I taught on the routine. But then the end of the the camp comes and of course everything kind of goes wrong so we can't get music because we're in like a dead zone of Maine in that auditorium. So we have to like run out and go to a field where we have Wi-Fi and download the songs because
0: my computer didn't work. But these are normal things that, that happen behind the scenes of every camp. Yeah. We just put out fires all the time. People maybe don't notice but you noticed one of the fires. There.
1: Yeah, but for me it was just one of those things because But the thing about you is like you you care because like I didn't I hadn't seen your neurotic side until May. Because I remember you asked me to hang up the schedules in every one of the cabins. Oh yeah. And the very and you wanted to watch me do the first one <laughs> to make sure that my schedule hanging abilities were up to your standards. And I don't I still don't know if you're best with me, but I actually I so there's different ways of taping a rectangle on a wall. You can either put the tape parallel, or you can make X's on the corners. I had the audacity to put X's on the corners, and you gave me this look like I had just killed your dog. (laughs) Like, who would ever think this was okay? <laughs>
0: you just you just you just opened the door a little bit to backstage, and like, and kind of like looked in a little bit, and you just saw holy shit! This is insane. What's going on behind the scenes? Because
1: and, and when you first started, like actually, I don't really, I don't really like the way you taped that. And I was like, are you serious? And it's like, yes, I'm serious. And you took my tape off and you
0: retaped it yourself to show me the proper taping procedures. Yeah, you just you just had a little glimpse of. That. <laughs> Of how the, the inner workings of the games are,
1: <laughs> and so, and so I made sure, and so then afterwards, and so like as I do right, so like anytime because you're so jolly most of the time. Anytime you're serious, I'm like, all right, I'll take this seriously. And so I think two hours have passed. I went down every cabin, and you're like, and I I, I made sure every single one was perpendicular <laughs> and in a clear to see space, because clearly like you you have standards for the the the, the, the like not crooked. And you, um, you came back like you're still doing it. like yeah like I'm still doing this <laughs> I'm still I put because I I also was still like have my my notes from the first camp so every cab that I went to I thought it'd be rude to just come in put uh, and schedule up and leave and so I had a conversation with everyone in every cabinet. <laughs> it was great. Like, I got to know people. It's actually like, it's one of those things where like my own neurosis like benefits me sometimes. Mm. Like my procrastination benefits me sometimes and my neurosis benefits me because like I made friends with like half the camp or at least had a conversation with half the camp and like they all came to my leg lock class mm. because I now, they had a face to a name and I was like, yeah, come to my leg lock class. And um, so my leg lock class was packed when I had it. Mainly, I, I don't know, it's just everyone to do leg locks but also because I got to know people and like meet people. Somebody else had a had a one wheel there. I got to bond over that. Like I got to meet all these cool people. So now when it was time for me to teach, I kind of kind of knew like a bunch of people. I even got my Uke out of it. Um, one of the cool guys from I think. I'm so sorry dude I'm forgetting your name off the top of the head but you're in the military I think you live in Virginia you're cool as heck we had the most amazing roles and you were my uke and you were a fabulous uke and I love you but I'm forgetting your first name right now so I will go on my Facebook and search for you and and tag you with this whenever Chris releases it but I'm so sorry that I forgot your name and he was an amazing uke for my class because I actually asked Preet to be uke and he just said no <laughs> He's like, he's like, I'm not doing that today. That's just, which I love about Preet. Preet will, like, if Preet ever says anything to you that's positive, he means it. Because he'll just, he'll never do something for you who doesn't want to do. And so, like, that's why that's, that's part of why he's becoming one of my favorites. Anytime that I think someone's, like, blowing smoke up my ass, I'll go to Preet and ask him the same question, because I know I'm getting truth. <laughs> um, and so I got a great UK for it, and the class went amazingly. And um, it's still, like... Um, and one of the people actually recorded it for me, and, like, I was actually editing it together because it's one of my um, one of my favorite classes. Like, I've been refining this class over the past two years, and, like, I think it's, like, the final form of the class. And I'm, like, really proud of it now. Like, you have your spin-to-win class that, I see, that you've taught a bunch of times that you're, like, refining. No, no actually, I haven't.
0: You <laughs> haven't? I did it once, like, six years ago, and then... Oh, you brought it I did, back. I did it again. Because, I it see, it it's ago.
1: still winning on the polls again, <laughs> yeah. so I figured <laughs> It's just the it <laughs> spin. Actually, but... Of your classes to go back to Heidelberg, the class I liked was um I don't know what the whole class was called. This was your your hair over butt class. Right. What was that name of the class? What was the class called? I,
0: I give it a new name every time. All
1: right. So, but it was interesting because I actually had a conversation with about that class with one of the um I think it was either a blue belt or a white belt, one of the guys from camp on the ride, and we were talking about that class because it's what I love. I love concepts. The same way that Pre had the concept of closing the space between the armpit and the knee, your concept was just so simple. If you ever lost. Is your hair over your butt? Yeah. And so it's it's so accessible, right? And so I I had liked that concept, and so it, and so I was already a concept. I already like was a conceptual based kind of teacher, but like I love those little things that I can take with me, because now like I see Jiu-Jitsu, like there's two ways of teaching it. I see myself as like like the mad scientist, like Dr. Frankenstein, and I have to do two things. I can be making a monster who's incredibly dangerous but has no idea why they're powerful, right? Like, Frankenstein's monster can't make other monsters. He's very powerful and dangerous. Like, like if you build this, against like, a jitsu brute who doesn't understand why jiu-jitsu works, but he can, like, ro- regurgitate your game, right? Like a clone of you, but he doesn't know why. Or you can, like, train other scientists. So instead of training someone how to just be me, I teach them how I think and then watch them make their own jiu-jitsu. And so because of this, like, I have students, like my student back in, in Gainesville, uh, Ralph Jackson, like, I had a problem preparing for uh, a match I had coming up, and I didn't know how to solve it. And he taught me something I taught him, but he had digested it differently and like made my leg lock defense better. And so, like, that's what I love about that. And I think this, this like concepts are power, right? Like, not to like overblow it, but it reminds me of like back when like the Protestant Reformation happened. But trust me, this is gonna make sense in a second. <laughs> this is gonna make sense because like you used to have like you had priests are the only people who could speak Latin and read. And so they had to just trust whatever the priest said was what God was saying. But then, like, once they translated the Bible into local languages, like, that Bible was the, religion was the power of the day. And so, like, now the people had power. They had to, able to have their own interpretations of, of what religion is, and it caused all the fracturing and the schism and all that stuff. But it was, um, it was a powerful moment. And I think that, like, giving people the why behind jiu and the concepts is giving them that power. If I just teach you this is how you guard pass, this is the right way, this is the only way, you'll be really good at that guard pass. But if you have to troubleshoot something, you're kinda helpless. Mm. And so like these concepts for me are are that's like what I'm constantly chasing at all the camps. Because I wanna make my jiu-jitsu better as well as teaching. I don't know why I got into that concept speech, but there we are. I forgot what I was talking
0: about. Anyway, so let's move on. Yeah. Um so now we're almost at the full circle of the year for you, yeah. of your camp career, yeah. starting out oh. as a nervous... <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm first. not as nervous now. Like, I was, like this is the first camp here in Estonia, not necessarily in Iceland, where I'm doing non-camp things. Right.
0: Yeah, now we're back in... Now, now you're kind of back in Europe, or at least, like, culturally back in yeah. Northern Europe. And uh, how is this one for you?
1: I'm incredibly comfortable. Like, like I said, like, this is the first camp where, for example, you had the, the uh, day tour, yeah. on Tuesday, and I have to miss an entire day of camp to do on that day tour. And I signed up for it. Or even, like, the fact that, like, much to your chagrin, I signed up for for snorkeling <laughs> on Friday, which is... I had, it, like,
0: six months to prepare this.
1: I, but I didn't make any plans, but, like, like I said, I like saying yes to people. That's really the reason this happened. It happened because of a horrible... I'm horrible at saying no. And, um, and so, like, uh, during the instructor's chat... First off, this only happened because I said yes to when um, uh, when Vara said, Does anybody want to teach a third class? And I said yes really late, like two <laughs> days after she asked for it. She's like, Charles, it's too late for a third class. I'm like, okay. But then while I was at the BJ Focus Camp in Leuven, like focusing on learning leg locks from Aaron Millem and John Callistine, like nerding out over there, she posted, Oh yeah, Charles, you have a third class now. So now I have <laughs> but I hadn't seen it yet. So then someone invited me. So, um, and uh, the session was around my break class. Someone invited me to go, go snorkeling, and I was like, I can't, I teach you a class at 3 p.m. on Friday. But I didn't look at the schedule of the the breakdancing class to see that I was also teaching breakdancing at noon. So they moved snorkeling up to 8 a.m. so that I could come. So I'm like, oh, they've been so nice to me. They're helping me out. I need to go snorkeling. And then I realized, oh, crap, what time do I get back? And so at the very earliest, there's a chance that I actually get back at noon. But we're probably getting back at 1230, which means, like, if I do breakdancing at that time, now... It's already a class that I always have like low attendance at. Now the few people that show up are probably gonna leave. And you look unprofessional and it's really bad. And like cause I because from my from my point of view, what I'm thinking is like I keep trying to teach this class at every camp, with the exception of, of Austria, I always get like five people like Five people I like, can I can figure out who it's gonna be and I'll just have them do it later. It'll be fine. And like you explain I've printed out two hundred schedules, Charles.
0: Do you really want me to like <laughs> at least change least At least this didn't happen that you first came right? <laughs> at I would I would
1: I would <laughs> have would failed never the test. Come back. I would <laughs> never have been invited back. <laughs> yeah. um, oh my God. and then and so uh, but just the fact that, like, I feel so comfortable. I've gotten to, uh, to roll with Haldor, which was amazing. I've gotten to, to roll with all these great people. But also, like, I'm finally, like, doing the cultural stuff inside. Because, like, I went to Heidelberg. I never saw the castle. Mm. never went. I was like, I'm going to miss jiu-jitsu. I, I didn't go to the diving competition. Like, I didn't do a lot of the cool stuff about Globetrotters because I was so focused on the map portion of Globetrotters. And so this is the first camp where I'm really, really getting into doing the stuff that's not jiu-jitsu. And I'm letting myself miss people's classes which yeah. I never wanted to do before I didn't want to miss a whole day of classes yeah. and so it's it's been really relaxed I've had a lot of fun it's been very different as well because Reykjavik is a really it's a capital but still not that big of a town
0: it's really small it's yeah. a very small town we can literally see the entire town from yeah
1: we can see we can see everything
0: You can see the whole from like from sea to sea
1: yeah it, it's crazy and what messed up the first couple days is because it was like being on the moon because it was just grey mm-hmm. like that just grey the first few days Messed me up a little bit because I, I didn't. I made the mistake. I had a layover in Dublin on the way here, and um, I had a choice. I could be a responsible person. I could sit in the airport and um, take out my laptop and do adult things like my American taxes that are very much like after my extension, almost due again if not overdue now. I could be a grown up. I could be a big boy and do adult things and then sleep in the airport. Or I could make a financial decision and go and get a hostel and sleep there and be rested for the camp. Or I could do what I did, which is go out to uh, Temple Bar and wander around all night and get into trouble and sleep not at all. (laughs) So I had horrible jet lag when I got here. Not even jet lag, just lack of sleep. And um, I did that. But the camp's been great. I've absolutely loved this camp. Like I I feel kind of at home because I I know a lot of the instructors. Um, I took... Um, I didn't take that many classes, Cap. But the classes I took were so perfect because right after my class yesterday was Craig's class, and he taught the Skywalker pass. And if there's ever been a move that I've seen that was like made for me, mm-hmm. it was that move. You're literally almost doing Capoeira onto someone's <laughs> chest. Right. Like it's glorious, and I absolutely love that pass. So the, I haven't taken many classes, but all the classes I've taken have just, just through the luck of the draw, like been, been just made for me. And then today. I, I hung out a bit, got to see, like I said, like I'm running into friends from Austria and from other places, and so now, like, I see why at that first camp when I was so intense, where like the veteran instructors, like they were doing nothing that I was doing, they were they didn't care. <laughs> like for them, it was almost like this is a family reunion. Yeah. And like now, it's now, the, it feels. now it's getting that vibe for me now because I know more people. I'm getting, I want, I actually value catching up with these people I haven't seen for a month, two months, or a year more than getting this technique or, like... Be, I'm still, I still am obsessive, so I still care about the quality of my classes. So I'm mildly neurotic. Because at this camp, I taught one class I taught before, and teaching two classes I never taught before. And so, like, even one class, that once again, to bring Preet back into it, like, I named it just to, like, poke the bear. I named it shamelessly stealing from Preet Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I'm teaching attacking from one of his signature positions just to like truly see like because me this is the test like it's one thing just to teach your stuff but like I'm going to teach like his stuff and my interpretation of his stuff just to see if I because I, I I really do think that for my jujitsu right now because it's given me because I like playing wild. I like attacking all the time. And to have like an impervious defense is like what I want to complement to allow me to have that freedom to open up an attack. I don't have the patience that him and Chris have. Chris, him and Chris can sit down and just sit there and just laugh inside or laugh out loud if you're Chris about the fact that you can't submit them. Like, like, they just sit there and they're not bored for like 20, 30 minutes. Just lay there like lumps and be happy about it. I can't do that, man. I can't do it. <laughs> I have to move. And so, like, I'm trying to find a way to make their defensive system aggressive. And so, if I succeed, I'll do that tomorrow in the panda class. If I fail, uh, okay, I'll get the, the glorious No. But I, I was a little f- afraid. It's so called I actually, it,
0: like the Floridian Panda. Oh, that's a better name. Oh,
1: that's a much better name. Well, it, it, if I get this to a, a more refined point. We can't change the
0: schedule now, Chuck. I, I can't. I, I'm going
1: to go, gonna go and, and X it all out. But yeah, I, I should do that in the future. Next time I teach it, it'll be the
0: Floridian Panda. <laughs> I, I have, that's, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> right, we're actually running out of space on my phone. Well, You're beautiful. talking too much. I, I'm a but anyway, just, just to wrap it up. Uh, so in ten days we're back in Heidelberg, actually. Yes, sir. For, for your that's like a full cycle for you. Yeah,
1: it'll be my well, it won't be a full year because Heidelberg's a little earlier, but yeah,
0: it'll be my full cycle because yeah, I'm not doing we, any we more camps. We don't measure time in in years, we measure time in camps. Oh, exactly. So we'll be Heidelberg to I am, Heidelberg. I am forty-nine camps old. Ah, yeah. this
1: will be I think Heidelberg. Will be, this is my fifth so Heidelberg, will be my sixth camp. Six camps in a year—that's pretty good. That's yeah. a pretty hardcore introduction
0: to being a camp teacher. Huh?
1: Yeah, I. <laughs> but I. I don't know, man. It's. I genuinely love it, man. Like, because for me, it's a great, great way to make myself better. Because I don't want to keep teaching the same class. I'm, I have one class I'm finding, but just like seeing what people pick is fun. Mm. I don't know, the whole thing's been great. I, I, I've absolutely loved it. I always thank you for the opportunity. Oh, and thank pleasure. you for, uh, for letting me uh, mess with your your neuroses (laughs) and change one class and I'm still the thing is like a piece of me is like I don't want to do it so a piece of me is gonna like harass the driver to try to actually get back here at noon and teach two breakdancing classes instead of one just to like be like see Christian it was all fine in the end
0: All right, man that was a good talk I'll uh I'll wrap the podcast up when I get yeah. home Beautiful. Uh, and I will, I will leave some links to how to get in touch with you or invite you to, if they have a couch without cockroaches.
1: Yeah. yeah, if you have a couch or if you want me to teach a seminar in, in the U.S. or any place that I'm legally allowed to collect monies, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I want to either just have adventures or
0: teach jujitsu or both. That's my Great. life. And I'll see you uh, in 10 days for in Heidelberg for your final job interview. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was a one-year test. <laughs> ah, I, you have my evaluation. <laughs> I'm handing you over a printed <laughs> evaluation.
1: I get the grade of, like, you, you made it C-. You didn't
0: <laughs> Remember when you didn't drink at that, at that pump roll? <laughs> uh, you oh, were I not guess. properly engaged. I also realized I've been laying in mud with a no, white no, shirt we were for, all for an, an hour.
1: And I, I'm butchering this tank up that I enjoyed. All right.
0: So that's it. Um, that was the first of three interviews of the podcast series. I'm gonna prepare the next one shortly and then release it soon. Uh, probably not in six months, but um, it might take a little bit since um, even recording these intros are kind of difficult for me to find time to. I don't have I don't have many moments in my life where I just sit in in silence like this and can record something on my on my computer. But anyway. Um, I am off to my big camp checklist for the next few camps in two months. And, um, I think I'm going to just take some time to, I don't know, read a book, do something I haven't had time for, for the last, uh, three, four months. And, um, if you want to know more about our upcoming events, you can always go to our website, uh, BJJ We can also find the mat surfing, uh, Network, if you were looking for somewhere to go, someone to meet up with uh, for training or a place to stay, um, and all the other interesting things we got going on a website. Um, if you got any questions for me or need help with anything, I'm always available. Uh, just shoot me an email at Christian com I reply to all emails personally. Um, so I'll be happy to hear from you. That's it. I hope you enjoyed the interview and um, I'll be back with the next episode. Uh, shortly, and uh, have a nice day.